Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention, along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. Hello there, and welcome to Frankie Sense and More. I am your host, Frankie Picasso, and I am so happy to be here with you today. I have a great show planned for you. Today, you are going to meet two very special people, Maxwell Ivy and Alex Okoroji, and I'm just so excited for you to meet them. But first, I want to talk to you about something that's very important to me, as you know, the United Nations Global Goals. Today, our show is, as usual, aligned with the Global Goals and, and no exception. Um, we are going to talk about ending poverty. The United Nations plans to end poverty by 2030. And today, I want to tell you a story about poverty and about the poverty that not only exists physically, but in our spirit as well. And I'm going to tell you this really fantastic story about Chauncey and Matt. On June 9th, 2016, my birthday, uh, <laughs> it was a fortuitous day. Matt White was a 30, is a 30-year-old man. He was shopping inside his local grocery store when he was approached by a 16-year-old boy named Chauncey Jones Black. Chauncey offered to carry Matt's groceries to his car if Matt would buy him some sugar donuts. Now, as Matt engaged Chauncey in conversation, he found out that Chauncey and his mom were really struggling financially. Chauncey's mom was disabled, and they live in a one-room apartment that only has a couch and a few lamps. There's no TV, no radio, no CD player, and no bed. Chauncey sleeps on the floor. He hasn't had new clothes in over three years. He does some handyman jobs around, like cutting grass and weeding people's gardens, washing cars, anything that he can do for a little bit of cash to help mom pay rent. Now, through it all, he has maintained a grade A average. Chauncey's very entrepreneurial in his head, and Matt found out that he uh, is pretty enterprising as well. In his, he designed a go-kart in his head that could hold a pressure washer. And since Chauncey likes to wash cars, he thought that this would help him go door-to-door to make money. So as Matt walked through the store with Chauncey, he learned more about his life, and, and you know, he was moved to buy him a few more groceries and more than just the donuts. And, and right there and then, he decided that he was going to start a GoFundMe page for Chauncey. He wanted to raise $250 to help him buy a push lawnmower. He also asked Chauncey if he would go to church with him. And Chauncey agreed to do this. Well, he started the GoFundMe page on June the 13th. Today is June the 30th. And that goal, the original goal of buying a lawnmower, has changed because now... Chauncey's story has touched so many people that they have raised over $329,000, the new goal of $330,000, and they believe, now Matt believes that he can buy Chauncey and his mom a new home, put some furniture in it, and his mom likes music, so even a CD player, and, you know, to me, I'm sure that Chauncey never in his wildest dreams ever even thought that anything like this could happen. And Matt, what can we say about this angel Matt? 30 years old, 30 years old, and such an open, giving heart. You know, it it, it just blows my mind. So I want everyone just to think about poverty, how we can overcome it in our mind, our spirit, and in the physical sense. Just, Just love one another. It's really just that simple. Don't you think? 
Well, Max Ivey, he's here today. He's also known as the Blind Blogger, and he's a motivational author and blogger who started his own No Excuse movement, and he helps those who are seeking to help transform themselves and their lives. And in his first book, Leading You Out of the Darkness into Light, A Blind Man's Inspirational Guide to Success, Matt shares the 11 steps of his success as a blind entrepreneur and the lessons that he has learned from his journey. And today, we're going to speak about that, but we're also going to talk to him about his latest book, It's Not the cookie it's the bag and it's about his weight loss journey from going over from being starting at over 500 pounds to losing 250 pounds half of himself and bringing the six foot four gentleman down to 250 pounds absolutely amazing uh matt is an inspirational and motivational personal coach he runs in uh, a business he sells carnival equipment and amusement park rides he is a native texan and he loves to sing in the shower. Apparently, he hits notes that he can only do there. And he has a crazy dog, a gray mation named Penny, who's half greyhound and half Dalmatian. I'm sure she's adorable. Welcome, Maxwell. Well, thank you. I appreciate being on the show, and I love that introduction. And I'm going to I'm going to, to download this episode so I can steal that from my homepage. Well, don't worry about it. I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> you don't have to steal it. It's free. I'm giving it to you. All righty. I, I think that's amazing. Uh, you came from a carny, a family of carnies. You know, little boys and girls. I read Toby Tyler. I wanted to run away and join the circus. And, you know, the carnival holds just so much um, uh mystery for us i think you know everybody wants to go it's always a happy time families kids are laughing there's wonderful you know cotton candy and corn dogs and all kinds of wonderful foods funnel cakes so what was it like for you growing up in the carny world well i grew up in an entire family that was all in the same business together so to us it wasn't um to us, it was it was just us, you know. It was yeah. Uh, it was a whole bunch of kids, uh, most of us growing up at the, at the same ages, who had family that traveled uh, most of the year. Uh, in the in the summer, we would go travel and we would get to visit all the different towns and we would play with the kids from the towns, and we would enjoy some of the local events. When the when the midway wasn't busy, we'd ride the rides and. Uh, sometimes eat the cotton candy or the or the popcorn because back then they didn't have funnel cake yet. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Hard to believe. Hard to believe a carnival without funnel cake. That's <laughs> yeah. that's, that's just that's just hard to believe if you think about it. now. Nowadays they've got double decker funnel cakes. Oh my gosh! With ice cream on them. I mean, it's, and it's just Crazy. like uh, you know. Uh, but you know, growing up, it was. Uh, you know, anybody that's in farming or ranching or a family that's been operating the same business for several generations understands that you uh, you learn at an early age to to overcome whatever happens to be the current problem or 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 situation, and you generally don't have all the resources that you want. Uh, a lot of times, you don't have all the money that you need, but mm-hmm. you learn at an early age to 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 have a positive attitude and to find a way. My dad often used to say when we would get to the next town and it was an especially difficult week and somebody would ask us how we did it and he would always look at them and smile and say, what, did we have a choice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's one of those lessons you learn if you operate your own business is that many times if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. So you do have to get to that place where you don't have a choice. And 
I think but they still they do have a choice, though, Max. They have a choice to do it or not do it. This and your father chose to do it. He chose to stay in the game and be unstoppable, right? He chose yeah. to do that. And a lot of times people give up because they think, oh, it's just too hard. It's too difficult. They don't understand that working for yourself and, and running a business can be very difficult. Like you work harder for yourself than you would ever work for anybody else. Yeah, that's one of my favorite uh, Japanese sayings that a man who works for uh, – now I can't even remember. But no, no, there's, no. They'll come to you. It'll come to me. Yeah, it'll come to me. But, yes, a person who works for himself works much harder than anybody that's working at a, quote, regular job. So what about the responsibility of being a a midway owner? I mean, if something happens, an accident, uh, one of the rides, you know, falls, how how, how often would something like that happen? Well, I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that while we were in the carnival business, my family, we never had a serious accident on any of our personally owned equipment. And the only accidents that happened on my family's equipment, uh, I think the worst we ever had was a broken leg and a a kid who once caught his finger in some netting on a ride that lost part of a finger. Oh, wow. And to have four different members of my family in the carnival business Mm -hmm. operating a total of 60 or 70 rides between them at one time, and the worst you ever have happen is a broken leg. Right, that's pretty amazing. That's that's an incredible record of safety, and, and, and for the most part, the traveling amusement rides are really safe. The, the problem is is when there is an accident, it's generally headline news. So, right, right. You know, the, the, the smallest, like, um, you know, recently we had the girl with the long hair get her hair right. out yeah. up there in Kansas or Nebraska where that was, and it was a terrible accident, but in my That's opinion— right. You know, most most of the time that person wouldn't have been allowed on that ride to start with because it is a safety issue. What what do you say about people who talk about, you know, the, the let's call it, quote, unquote, the seedy underside of the carny world? Like, is it because you traveled as a family that yours might have been a little bit different um, because it was family owned rather than, you know, keep hiring transients? Or did you hire a lot of transient people? We, we always had to have a couple of people that we wouldn't have uh, invited to Sunday dinner. Mm -hmm. You know, because you just don't know everybody that you work with. For the most part, I think the the bigger operations are generally are generally have less problems. The you know, we my family we never own more than about seven rides at any one time for for our particular show, and so we weren't under as much pressure as other people may be to hire some people. Usually, when when shows hire somebody that you would th- would think is not really all that desirable, it's usually somebody that's a that's a, a going to operate a game on a on a percentage, you know, where they receive oh, okay. a percentage yeah. or whatever they take in. And as you well know, any business where people work on percentage, you you never know what their incentives may be. And you know, we have some. We have a lot of great car dealers or car salespeople, but we have a few that are not so great because That's right. there's a pressure of commission. And um, the in, the other thing is the more rides you have and the more new rides or newer rides you have, the more pressure there is to meet those monthly payments. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like any other business. So there's There's always going to be a pressure to take a shortcut. Most of the people don't take those shortcuts, but the ones who do, when they get caught at it, it's a big deal. So, right. you know, I, I hate to I hate to think about it, but up there where y'all live and Tyler, 
a few years ago, there was an incident with a carnival that was at Fort, Fort Hood where some of the veterans uh, were, you know, to, to use the simple language, some of the veterans were cheated. Right. You know, I'll admit that that happened because because it, it does still happen sometimes. But Max, I'm going to stop you for a moment because we are going to go to a commercial break in just Alrighty. a moment, in a couple of seconds. But um, when we come back, I want to talk. I want to ask you if it's okay about you. You went blind when you were 12 years old, and maybe we can talk about that for a moment. And sure. then I want to talk to you about um, your book about about how you lost all that weight. And Alex, I encourage you to to jump in on that as well. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. I got two fantastic guests. You're not going to want to miss their stories. We're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. It's Marching Down the We've known for a long time that diamonds are precious or worth a lot of due to rumors. That means money. Did you ever wonder how a polished pebble becomes one of the most expensive things on earth? Two centuries ago, diamonds were worn only by royalty. But in 1870, miners discovered huge deposits of diamonds in South Africa. And soon after, the diamond market was flooded. That's when a man named Cecil Rhodes started buying up shares of the diamond mines. Eighteen years later, Rhodes controlled the entire South African supply of diamonds. He started his own newspaper and magazine articles with clever ad campaigns about cut, clarity, color, and carrot. He also convinced women that they weren't truly engaged to be married without a diamond ring. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. The word perfume comes from the Latin perfumum, which means through smoke. Eau de Cologne comes from the name of a town in Germany where this type of perfume originated. The French say the only reason to wear perfume is to attract the opposite sex. Oh, and never ask a French woman what scent she wears, as they prefer to keep it hugger-mugger or secret. Perfumes are generally made from bits and bats of different materials that have unique scents. You know, if women are trying to attract men, why do we wear perfume that smells like flowers? I think we'd get more guys if we smelled like bacon. The best advice for applying perfume is just a dabble do. What's a word for a trifling amount? Hitherex sans kitterax. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. And we're back. Thank you for sticking around. You're listening to Frankie Sense and More. I am your host, Frankie Picasso. I'm speaking to Maxwell Ivy right now, also known as the blind, the blind blogger. Max um, just wrote his second book, and it's called "It's Not the Cookie, It's the Bag." Max lost 200 and or released. I'm going to say you released it because you lost it. You don't want to get it back. You released 250 pounds, which is absolutely incredibly amazing. Um, you you were in the carny business. You lost your eyesight when you were 12, Max. How did that happen? I have uh, retinitis pigmentosa, and it's a her- hereditary disease that causes a slow degeneration of your retina and le- can eventually lead to total blindness. And at this point, I have light perception. Okay. Uh, there is no cure or treatment currently, but there are some some good things that are uh, are expected to come down the road in the next two or three years through gene therapy. And I recently had my DNA tested just to just to get it on file for any future future clinical trials that might 
result in some improved vision or possibly complete uh, return of my vision, which is... You have siblings? I have uh, two brothers, both of them younger than me, and neither of them have it. And that's the that's the crazy thing about RP. It's it's kind of like a shell game disease. It sometimes skips generations. It shows itself to different degrees and different people. And but it's it male, of, isn't it? A male dominated disease. It's a, it's a male dominated disease that's transmitted on the female side. Right. Yeah. Because I had I, I know another guy, uh, Michael, who Michael Moore, who who actually he has it, and all five of his brothers got it too. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a you know it's a roulette type of disease because because you can have it in you and never have any any symptoms of it. And they say a lot of people back in the day before they knew about RP would just associate their their loss of vision with getting old. Well, you you lost your eyesight, but you did go to college. You did get your degree. Um, Did you go to the school for the blind? Did you learn? Did you have to go through any of that kind of therapy? I went to uh, I went to uh, I, I went I didn't go to the school to the school for the blind. I went through a local program that's operated through the University of Houston for uh, people preparing to go to college. I had uh, people in orientation and mobility come to my school and help with learning to use a white cane, learning braille. Um, so a lot of what used to be done at the School for the Blind, in my case, was done in, with a mainstream approach and done in my local uh, junior high school and high school. So that was mm-hmm. – and uh, after graduation, I went to the Chris Cole Rehab Center in Austin to prepare for college. I have to say that slower. Everybody thinks I'm saying Chris Cope. Yeah, yeah, Chris Cole. Uh, but, <laughs> it's the uh, accent. Went, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I admit to having one. Um, yeah. But I went there for the summer. I went to Austin Community College. I, I did graduate from Texas A&M Corpus Christi with a degree in political science. I was uh, not able to gain admission to any law school, so I went to the Lions World Services for the Blind training place in Arkansas. And then I went from there to a job with the Internal Revenue Service operating Automated in automated collection site in Oklahoma City. Well, let's talk about how you lost 250 pounds. I think that's sure. what people really want to know about. Yeah, yeah. Well, what made that decision? Actually, I I wasn't even sure I was going to make the decision. I had been trying to to lose the weight on my own, and my my doctor um, told me she said, "Max, why don't you just go to a seminar and hear what they have to say about having gastric surgery." And I went down there, and they told me that it wasn't a quick fix, that it wasn't guaranteed, that uh, only 50% of the people who have a procedure lose 80 to 90% of the weight they want to lose. They also told me there are quite a number of people who will gain the weight back because they will they will cheat the surgeries. So once they explained my mind, yeah, I know. But once they explained to me that I would still have to change my life and and make a lot of different changes and uh, learn a lot of new habits. Once they explain that to me, then I was in because I'm one of these people. If you tell me it's going to be easy, I'm suspicious. I'm generally uh-huh. not all that interested. You know, I, uh-huh. I, admit, I admit to being one of those people that tries that sometimes makes things harder than they should be. But I once once they told me that I would have to do some work that it, uh, that it wasn't admitting failure or, or saying I was a quitter, then. You know that that solved the the mental and the emotional block about having a surgery because, you know, surgeries have been around what ten twenty years now. Mm-hmm. I could have had one long before when I did, but I just always thought it would be admitting failure. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Wow. Alex, did you ever have to lose a, a large amount of weight? Uh, well, no, not really, no. So you've, you've never died? Um, well, I, oh, I mean, we all struggle with our weight. I think, I think, especially as a woman, I deal with that every day. I mean, I'm not as skinny or as slim as I used to be like a few years back before I had my son. So I know what it feels like to want to drop a dress size or, you know, two dress sizes, right? right. Uh, but not anything as, as drastic as, you know, what Max had to go to go through, right. sorry, which is like cutting half of his weight. So, yes, but every day, you know, I deal with it, especially being in the industry that I'm in, you know, right. your buddy basically is your tool. As an actor, that's your, that's your working tool. So... You know, you're don't Nigerian men have... don't Nigerian men like women a little bit um, chunky. Well, yes, you do actually. It's an African thing, really. Yeah. Um, you know, the, you know, I think generally in Africa, you know, they like women to have a little bit big back, you know, backside, and a little bit of curves, exactly. And that's why people love Beyonce a lot in, in Africa. Because like, oh my God, she's, you know, she's really like one of us, you know, that kind of thing. So um, yes, but even with that, you know, pop culture seems to have a way it's sipping into the African culture as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, people are constantly cared now more than they did than our, you know, our parents, our moms or our grandparents cared about their body or their weight or anything mm -hmm. like that. So you're watching, you know, Western TV, you're watching television and so, so forth. Wanna, and now the girls all want to be sticks? Exactly. You know, oh, so... Yeah. I hope not. That's not nice. That's not nice. <laughs> so we... But it's funny because we deal with that. Even as actors now, you have to worry about the camera because the camera kind of packs on like 10 pounds or something to your weight. So you're thinking, you know oh, you know... I think I'm going to introduce Alex. Is that okay with you, Max? Yeah, go Let's ahead. Let's introduce her, and then, we'll, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about both of you. Uh, because for those who don't know her, and I don't understand why you wouldn't, <laughs> Alice Akorji, um, she is known as the queen of expression. She is a multi-platform ambassador for self-empowerment and transformation. She already mentioned she's a Nigerian actress. She's a writer, a TV personality, a talk radio host, a speaker, author, podcaster, self-help mentor. And you know what? She's just too big to contain in all of these explanations. But I'm going to try to give you the highlights of her, too. Over 10 years, she has, been a prof she has had um, professional experience as a media personality, a content creator and creative entrepreneur and she has been very busy she founded the naked movement the naked bliss academy the brag club and virtual hub alex's blog community abc she's also known as the host of the globally syndicated radio show the naked talk with alex the creator of the naked challenge an avid blogger at alexandra and her naked thoughts the author of self-help book the naked truth lies stripped and uh all things naked i guess uh no and we don't mean her taking her clothes off i will let her explain what it all means but first some of the awards and accomplishments uh she won the 2015 global consciousness razor award she's featured guardian woman 2016 international ambassador for she matters movement 2016 rb magazine blogger of the month year spring 2015 id id Idea Builders, Women Mentoring Women Mentor, 2016 Award, and I mean, man, what hasn't she done and who hasn't she impressed, honestly? But she's, a, she's about to embark on a huge project that both Max and I are a part of, and I'm going to let her take it away for a moment. Alex, the stage is yours. You know what, Frankie? I was just getting dizzy, like, you know, I felt <laughs> like I wanted to run. 
I'm just getting CC from listening to all of that. I'm like, really? Is that me? Like, no, you know, I'm usually on the other side. So it, it feels a little weird, you know, just having someone have to reel out all of that. But thank you so much for that really great introduction, Frankie. And you, by the way, are, you know, so accomplished and you're an achiever, you know, and so. Well, thank you. you know, we're not talking about me. About. We're talking about you. Accept it. <laughs> Own it. <laughs> well, um, I like to, you know, I'm not very great with compliments, but thank you so much. Um, you know, but add, you know, back to what you said, you talked about, you know, this event or this, uh, yeah, should I call it an event? An event Let's that, you know, event. Both event. You, you know, you and Maxwell are part of, and that's the Naked Challenge. And I'm very excited, more than honored, really, to have both of you. So, you know, uh, just be part of this. And you both are speakers um, along uh, 23 other speakers. So, yes, there are 25 speakers for the Naked Challenge Creative Mastery Global Summit, which is coming up next week, uh, starting from the 4th of July to Saturday, 9th of July. And I'm so excited, really, because this is a great opportunity to be able to sort of get a lot of people moving from the back burners to the spotlight and helping people to achieve all of the goals that they want to achieve for the next half of the year. So um, this is really exciting. I have to say you've blown my mind with this summit, okay? Not only just organizing it as quickly as you did, but all of the graphics, the web, the, um, you know, the social media. This is all you, Alex. I mean, you, you're you a one-woman, you know, tornado of oh, a I'm show. Like, like, unbelievable, unbelievable. Don't you think, Maxwell? All the stuff she's I, put I, out and... Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing what she's done, and she's pretty much doing it by herself because the whoever she used to have that was working with her on this stuff is not working with her anymore. So, wow, I don't know when she sleeps. I honestly don't know. I mean, people sometimes ask me if I ever sleep, and I always tell them yes, just not at the t- not not eight hours in a stretch most of the time. But yeah, me neither. But, but uh, wow. I tell you. When you were when you were introducing Alex, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, do I do, do I belong on this radio show? And then of I said, okay, you yes, you do. So, yeah, you know I mean, we're all helping people. We're all trying to change the world. And and I think that you know when I when I brought up the UN, um, you know, ending poverty. Poverty is really, you know, if we lack the desire in our head, or the, you know, if we think that oh, poor me. Uh, we're not going to get ahead. We need to inspire people. They need to accept it, just like Alex needed to accept those compliments, uh, because it's it's you know it is what she has done. It's the truth. Nothing more, nothing less, and it's inspiring to other people. Both of you are very inspiring. Who loses 250 pounds? My goodness, like that's an incredible achievement. Absolutely. And Alex, you know, who, your generosity in you know helping people get on the blab and helping people figure this out and giving away this and giving away that people are blown away by that. Like your patience is of a saint. It really is. But we got 30 seconds before we go to another commercial break. And I, you know, tease us a little bit, Al tease us a little bit before we go. What would you like? What are you going to tell us when we come back? Something really amazing. Well, you you know, I was going to talk about a lot of stuff, but I was actually going to talk about Maxwell because he said something and I kind of needed to pitch in that year. Maxwell is one of those, one of the most inspiring people that I personally have met. And he's okay, well, we're going to stop you because we're going, we're going to a break. Do not go away. Something important is going to be said. Sense and more. We'll be right back after we pay the bills. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. Have you heard? 
The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Do you ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to the living room. A place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We're saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. back. You're listening to Frankie Sense and More. I'm here with my friends Max and Alex. Okay, t- Alex, you were going to tell us something about Max that you wanted us to know before we went to our break. And you know what, I was just, you know, he made a comment. Um, he said something about asking questioning whether he, you know, deserved to be on the show. And Long I was going to say why, yeah, and I was going to say yes. why not. Exactly. Um, he's one of the most, you know, one of the most inspiring people that I personally have met and I just feel like my life has been blessed, you know, just coming across him and his person. And he shows you that, you know, anything, you can make anything happen. Yeah. And um, I feel like I can't have any excuses anymore when I'm around Max. And he's become one of my really, you know, good friends. You know, just nice. it's funny how he's all the way in Texas, in the U.S. I'm in Nigeria, in Africa. But somehow we try to stay in touch and, you know, I'm up to speed with what he's doing. So he's an amazing person. He's an amazing achiever in so many ways. I mean, he's blind, but he's the author of two books. So mm-hmm. I think that is, you know, really, really, really super amazing where people could have, you know, might have excuses for why they cannot do the things that, you know, um, he's done. He's been able to, you know, do them. And so I think that he definitely more than anything deserves to be here. So, and I I'm agree. honored just to be be sharing the same space with him and you, of course. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank, well, thank you. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. When I said that, I was basically making a comment on comparison. I know. That if you, that, you know, if you, if you compare yourself to other people, you might, you might start to doubt your own specialness. And uh, that's right. You know, I, I did say after listening to that introduction, it would be easy to wonder, do I belong on the show? But then I go, hell yeah, I belong Why on the show. So for sure you do. Uh, yeah, and, that, and that, you know, you were talking about the weight loss. One of the biggest things that has that I had to 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 come become accustomed with with the weight was the fact that I'm not physically the the same person I was. And going from being the fat person 
to being somebody that people say, you look good, you look handsome, you look sexy, you look, uh, even that, even when they say you look hot, mm-hmm. you know, these are, these are words that you have to learn to accept and to own, right. as you put it. Right. Sure. And yeah. until, you, until you do own them, you're, you're, you're a perfect target for, for backsliding and for ending up right back where you started. So, and uh, I think that, you know, that is a big, you know, Alex was talking about, uh, the video images that are starting to seep into the culture from, from the U.S. and other places. Right. So, you know, body image and just accepting the fact that you are, uh, you are good looking, that you're sexy, that you're a good person, you know, accepting that and believing it in your heart is a big step if you're going to lose the weight and keep it off. Well, one of the things that I know from being a coach for the last so many years um, is really people who give have a very difficult time accepting. Givers, you know, like to give. It's a comfortable place to be, but they do not like to receive. And so it's one thing that they really need to learn how to do is to accept the compliments and the acknowledgments. Acknowledgments more than compliments, because I think acknowledgments are a little more sincere than a compliment that people give them. You know, um, because it comes from a a place, you know, in somebody else's heart where they really feel that they need to to offer that. And so it's a gift. And so you just you say thank you. If you can't say anything else, you just say thank you, you know, and and take it and away you go. Um, So in your give, give us a couple of the five tips. Let's say five tips, Max, about losing the weight. Like you did have the the gastric surgery, which is you know for some people extreme. But you, I'm going to give you kudos here because before the surgery, you you managed to lose like 84 pounds on your own, even before you had your surgery. So that is not an easy task. I know because I lost 100 pounds after I gave birth to twins, and that and it took me two years and doing Jane Fonda twice a day. I can't do that now, but I still need to lose some weight. So tell us, tell us some of your tips. Well, I would say one thing for most people is that with their exercise, to me, it doesn't matter how long you do it or what you do. It's about being active. So for some people uh, who have not done anything in years, if they just put on their shoes and stretch for five minutes every day, they're they're going to make some. They're going to make an impact. It won't be a big impact. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'm one of these people who I believe that it's those small first steps that eventually lead to, mm-hmm. to a big accomplishment. You know, most uh, I don't know a single marathon runner who started out running 10 miles a day, three days a week. Exactly. Sure. So that's so five minutes, some sort of to act- 10 minutes and so on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I at one point I couldn't walk. At one point we had to park our truck next to the elevator in the parking garage because I couldn't walk from the from the back end of the parking lot to the elevator. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we 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 almost run from the from where we park our car to the, across from one from the one building over to the other building, and it's about a quarter of a mile or so. And when I get there, I'm not winded. So that's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Really. So, good, good so any any form of activity, no matter how small, is a is a beginning that can lead you to more exercise. And I, I tell people if there's something you hate doing. If there's no way around doing it, do it for five minutes. Tell mm-hmm. yourself five minutes. If you can get five minutes, then the, unless you set a timer to tell you to stop, the odds are you'll go seven or 10 or 15. Because it's, you know what? I it's always more do the stuff I hate to do first. Else. 
Yeah. I, I do things I don't like first to get them out of the way. And then it's done. And then you mm -hmm. get to well, have, resource... have, you know, the cherry on top of the dessert, <laughs> right? After? Exactly. Well, the, the research says that the earlier you start trying to do something in your day, whether you like it or don't like it, the earlier you start trying to do it, the more likely you are to accomplish it before the end of the day. Well, right I don't. There. I don't like try. I, I trying is mm -hmm. lying in my book. You commit. Well, you I don't want to do something. Like you have to commit. Yeah, because trying gives you a backdoor out. It says that you, you know, you um, may or may not be wholeheartedly in on this activity. You commit to doing it, and things are going to get done. You committed to losing that weight, and Alex. If I can come in. If I can come in here, yeah, I'm sorry, yep. Frankie. You know, nope. there's something because I've, I've read portions of the book actually, and mm -hmm. you know, I just wanted to sort of chip in something that you know really caught my attention about the book. You know, and even though this book is a weight loss book, um, focused on that, it also takes you. There are lots of um, tips on you know mindset and behavior yep. and you know just you know mental how you sort of deal with. Um, Accomplishing your goal, you know, I, yes, it might, your goal might be to, to lose some weight, but it could also be something else. And right. if there's something I remember that he, you know, made reference, and I even had to do a blog post, you know, from a chapter of his book on my blog, um, it was something about, you know, just having the right support support system, you know, that you have a great team or a great chill, you know, you just have somebody who's um, a team player or a teammate or support system, you know, or a community of people who are supporting you to actually achieve that goal. So it's pretty much like, you know, if you were trying to work out by yourself, it's mm -hmm. pretty difficult. And I know this because my mom had a fitness club that I managed for years. Oh, I nice. actually used to teach Pilates. I used to teach Pilates in the class. So I know how hard it is to just have someone walk, you know, come in or want to use a gym or whatever it is by themselves. There's not enough, um, even no matter how motivated that you are, you know, there's just not enough motivation, but there's nothing like having somebody cheering you or, or people cheering you or having people to work out with. But yeah. to do that, if you were going to a skiing class and then you had two, three other women who, you know, just you could chat with while you're riding your bikes or you could do whatever it is. Or even if it's just a brother or a friend or someone who would just go that extra mile to jog with you or walk with you or whatever it is. Just having people support you really also and that's, helps. To that's just how push those you professional athletes, they all have a coach. You know, they've exactly. all got somebody who's, you know, in their corner. Exactly. You know, you know, just telling them that you can do this, you can go, yeah. you know, you can do it. You know, you have to, you still have, because there are times when you don't feel like really doing anything. No. And so I remember, you know, when I used to do sit-ups. I remember back, like this was before I had my son and yeah. I, I started with doing just 50 crunches. And then it got to a time that I was actually doing 600 a day. Wow. So, and I, yeah. And I remember I used to have like, you know, eight packs of my body was great then. I'm not anymore. It was, you know, so good, but it was because that I, I had this, you know, um, trainer who would always uh -huh. tell me, even when I had one setback, she's always like, Alex, you have to finish this. You have to go. You have to. And there was always something right there. So it's always great to have people in our kind of, whether it is just supporting us, even with, let me, for example, the summit that I'm doing, it's nice yeah. to sometimes, you know, get feedback from you or Max or any of the other speakers telling you, oh, you're doing great. I love what you're doing. Um, you know, you just feel like, okay, you don't want to disappoint them and you just want to keep going. So I think you that really it's really are important. doing a phenomenal job. But I, <laughs> but I think you're right too about, you know, we hit a wall and most people, 
the average person hits that wall and they go, okay, I'm done. But when you have a coach or a trainer or people in your corner, people who want to see you succeed, it's like, come on, five more. You can do five more. And you're going to do them, yeah. even though you've hit the wall. You're going to do them because you don't want to disappoint them or, or whatever it is. So it shows us, coaches, that each of us has a reserve inside us that, you know, we, we got way more than we give ourselves credit for. But we, it's in our head, that poverty in our head almost that says, I, you know, I'm, I can give up. No, no, no. That's poor spirit. Exactly. You still got, you still got more reserve in there, baby. More, yeah. more gas in the tank. <laughs> Exactly. And, uh, yeah, and I was lucky to have uh, Alex and about seven other really close friends who would read my chapters of this book. It's not the cookie, it's the bag, as I was writing it. Mm-hmm. And so each chapter, I had more feedback and more encouragement that 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 helped me keep keep pushing on to finish the book. And that's so what Alex was saying about the book having you know being about weight loss, but that it could be applied to just about anything else you're doing. A lot of it could be because a lot right. of it is about mindset, affirmations, uh, meditation, things that will help you regardless of whether you're wanting to lose weight or whether you're starting a blog. And I really liked your your um, definition of meditation because I'm like you, Max. I'm one of those people that can't just sit there and go, mm, you know, and and <laughs> meditate. That's not my form of meditation. I need I need to move or drive a car. That's when I meditate. That's when I get my creative downloads. Uh, that's when my the dad shower. meditated. That's yeah. When, my, when he was behind the wheel of a truck, that's when he yeah. meditated. So I, yeah. I totally get sure. that. And we all I, have have a special thing, but um, for to ask me to sit still is is really difficult. I'm sure it's very <laughs> difficult for Alex. She can't sit <laughs> still. And the, I'm and just the like other, you're <laughs> uh, And and the other thing is people people get ideas into their head about what meditation requires, and instead of instead of just finding a, a way to focus and concentrate on their body and their breathing and clear their mind. They're worried about uh, about the when, where, and how aspects that have nothing to do with whether or not meditation is successful for you. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they worry that am I doing it right? Is it working? You know, it's working when you are, you know, receiving. I always say receiving because I, I like to think that I'm channeling information from the universe. But we're going to go to a commercial break. We got 30 seconds before we do that, and when we come back. What do you guys want to talk about? That's okay. We got, I can't have that. <laughs> that segment there has got to go on your reel. Ah, for sure. <laughs> it's live. I don't let any. I don't edit anything. I, okay, folks, stick around. Stay tuned. Coming back. Frankie Sense and more. We'll be right back after we pay the bills. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. 
It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. A common food myth is that bread will make you fat. The truth is quite the opposite. If you eat the right kinds of breads and other grains, you can actually lose weight. The fiber found in whole grain foods helps slow digestion, keeping you fuller longer. True whole grain bread products will have whole grain or whole wheat flour as the first ingredient. If you see anything else, it is not what you want to eat, even though it may say wheat. A study in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition found that overweight people who acquired all of their grain servings from whole grains lost more belly fat than those who skipped the whole grains. You should still avoid refined grains like enriched flour, but a moderate amount of whole grain bread can be a great asset to a balanced diet. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Okay, and we are back. You're back listening to Frankie Sense and More. I am your host, Frankie Picasso. My two guests here are Maxwell Ivy, Alex Okoroji. I am really excited because tomorrow is Canada Day. I live in Canada, and it's like the 4th of July in the U.S., but it's Canada Day. Woo! Red, white. So I'm excited because, you know, after the show, it's a holiday for me. I'm on, I'm on holiday time. But we are going to talk about getting naked because Alex is here and she's, you know, the queen of naked. And we're, let, let's talk about the naked, the, all the challenges. Because you, Alex was a little bit worried, you know, she, she likes to be deferential. She likes Max, you know, we're going to hug him and bring him in and all that <laughs> stuff. Which we're doing because being naked is really... Um, it's really about getting real, getting down with yourself. And if you're honest with yourself, then you can have those conversations about change and transformation that, you know, we were talking about with Max that, you know, when you meditate, you, you talk about those things with yourself. But if you're not honest, and even in his book, he talked about, you know, you can say that maybe you had an extra cookie or two, but when you really ate the whole bag, you can't really lie and say you only had one extra cookie and you don't know why you didn't lose weight. That's not being naked with yourself. So, Alex, <laughs> talk to us about your naked thoughts. Um, you know what? And it's funny, but Max was really naked in his book. And, you know, which is why, you know, I just felt like it would be a travesty, you know, just leaving the show without, you know, just talking about how important it is for us to really just you know, be honest and be transparent and just, be, you know, reveal, show ourselves, you know, just show, just present ourselves the way that we really are and be mm -hmm. accepting of our flaws and our weaknesses and just all the other things that we need to be able to sort of transform ourselves. Now, if Max didn't accept that he needed to cut that weight or he needed to make some sort of um, health changes, he mm -hmm. probably wouldn't have made the progress that he made. So it's really important. A lot of us are living, in, you know, we're all living in, you know, majority of people are living in denial. You're not accepting yeah. of the fact. Even when you talked about poverty, there are people mm -hmm. who actually really live on earth who don't know that there are countries or people who are living in abject poverty. Right. So it's, you know, and when you waste food or you waste money or you waste, you know, just resources or whatever it is, and there are people who who do anything to have what you have, yeah. you know, you start to realize that you need to be grateful and just show gratitude for, for the things that you have. So it's really important that we um, are sort of present in accepting really that, you know, there, we're not perfect. Perfection is a myth. I mean, even with Max, I mean, he may have cut that weight, but he still has to go through um, just sort of maintaining that he has to still, 
watch what he eats, if he right. has to exercise, he still has to do a lot of things to be able to keep that. So it's, you know, we have to understand that perfection. I mean, he didn't drop 250 and think, oh, now I'm great. You know, I'm perfect. I don't have yeah. to do anything anymore. <laughs> He's yeah. accepted the fact that, you know, there might still be a little folds here and there or whatever it is, but... Um, you're also accepting of the fact that, you know, perfection is a myth and, no, you know, we're all, we all have weaknesses and we're flawed and blah, blah, blah. But you know what, Alex, you know, even, we- even though people, he's lost that 250 pounds and I know a lot of people have lost a lot of weight. They're inside their head. They're still a fat person. Their, their thoughts exactly. are still fat thoughts. They still see a fat person in a mirror. And, you know, exactly. I know what happened to me when I lost a hundred pounds and people go, oh my God, you're so skinny. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And I and they thought, oh, she's just saying that, so they'll go, oh, you're really skinny again. But I wasn't. I was not seeing a skinny person, even though exactly. all that weight had been dropped. So your thoughts have to change more. Than, you know, your weight, your body, physical, everything has to catch up at some point, right? Yes, exactly. exactly. You, you have know, to make that shift in your head. You have yeah. to go from being the failure to being a success, from being the fat person to being a skinny or at least a healthy person. Right, and that and, and that's true in, in so many ways. And, you know, just just to borrow something from what Max said. I mean, we're putting together this summit, and I know that initially some people were like, "Oh, what is the naked summit? Like, what is the naked challenge?" And they right. were confused, or worried, like, "Oh my goodness, are we gonna get naked? Are we, <laughs> are we really gonna, gonna get naked? Yeah, are we gonna strip or whatever it is?" But you know, while I was talking to, her, I remember talking to one of the speakers, Mara Sweeney, and she's like, "You know what? I think I get it now. It's really, you know, let's strip the cover, the max. You know, let's." reveal ourselves and yeah. there's so many people who are gifted so many people who are talented so many people who have what it takes to be great but they're so afraid of revealing the star they're so afraid of the spotlight they're all yes. in the back burner sitting in the comfort zone and they're you know and their limited beliefs and being covered up by all the lies that they've been told that they they'll be nothing right and so you know, it's up to people like us who have been able to sort of push ourselves beyond those limits to be able to hold their hands and bring them out and say, hey, you know, I can show you how to do the same. I can show you how to come out of the back bunners or out of the curtains or out sure, of your out of comfort corner. zone yeah. you know, and come out. And here's something that's amazing. I'm African. I'm all the way in Nigeria and Africa, but I'm on a show that's been broadcast, you know, all over the world. And you're in Canada and Max is in, you know, Texas. In Texas. And yeah. You know, and, you know, the radio station is, and that would never have been something really possible. Or that would never have been something that, you know, the average Nigerian or African would think of that, you know what, I can't step out of my, my, you know, my little cocoon or my little box, you know, and just get out to the world. So every day we're trying to show people how they can expand, you know, not only, you know, they can expand their goals, they can expand their vision, but they can also expand their wings. And I mean, if you... You know, what if, what if you had wings? I mean, you have wings, but you just don't know it. So how can you get out there and just reveal who you really are and all the amazing gifts and talents that you have? So, you know, that's really what being naked. It's really about embracing all the things that are inside and stripping the cover off so that everyone just sees you for, you know, what you are. And what a relief. What a relief to be you, isn't it? Because you don't have to put up, an, uh, uh, there's no more facade. There's no more, um, you know, pretense or pretentiousness or anything like that. You just be you. And then when people like you, they like you. They like you for you. And it's exactly. just great. I'm telling you what, Frankie. Yes, it's a relief. It is a relief. And I can, I can tell you this. I lived my life for so many years, you know, just trying to live up to society's expectations of right. who, 
I was supposed to be. And not until I started getting naked like two years ago, right? Yeah, I just yeah. feel so comfortable. I don't really, you know, I'm not leaving anymore for anybody's approval. Like, I just, right. I'm me. And if someone says they like something that I did, I know it's true. It's not because I was trying to pretend to be that person or be, you know, now any compliment I get, I know it's true. So, right. you know, I remember leaving, especially being an actor and constantly being in the spotlight and, you know, their expectations of how you're supposed to behave and how you're supposed to be and act. And what a star is like, looking yeah. at you and, and Exactly. And your life isn't, you know, is in the open. If you, <laughs> if, yeah, if you yeah, get a yeah. divorce, the entire world knows. If you yeah. go with someone, everybody knows, you know, it's crazy. And you start to hate yourself because yeah. really you, you don't want to even read the comments. You know, people are judging you. People are, you know, and they don't even know who you are. They don't even know don't you. Really, yeah. Don't know you. They don't know the life that you have to lead. They don't understand the challenges or the things that you have to deal with. But you start to realize that when the moment I stopped worrying about, you know, perception, you know, just leaving, you know, living up to people's expectations and living, you know, a particular standard that people expected and just being me. This is yeah. me, and I'm presenting myself the way I am, you know. Then everything just became so much easier. Like it was just Max said something in his book. Max said something in his book about, you know, his mom saying that he's got a bald spot, and he goes, "Well, who cares? I'm six foot four, unless they're sitting on a ladder. They don't know." Exactly. Right? <laughs> Well, I mentioned I mentioned that because I thought it was important for people to know that this advice isn't coming from somebody who's perfect. I'm, I'm right. I'm relatively healthy and I'm happy with my body, and that's a point where you got to get to. But you know, I was when you were talking there about 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 maintaining these images and facades. I'm like, you know, as you get older, you you start to lose some of your memory, or and it gets to the point where. It take it just takes too much effort to remember all those stories you're telling people. It's a whole lot less less uh, draining just to tell the truth, be who you are. If they like you, I, fine. If they I, don't I like you, fine. I went out without makeup today. I I would never a year ago I would never have gone out without makeup on. Now I'm you know I just turned fifty nine. I don't care. Going, I wish I could, I wish I could give you some applause because that takes a lot of courage for. <laughs> I think you're no, I know that I know that because you know that it takes a lot of confidence, you know, just to be able to do that. And that's something that I, you know, I've learned to do myself as well. I'm not as old as you are. Um, but I I also realize that, you know, I don't have to always cover myself. I don't have to always present myself as um, a celebrity or as this or as that, you know, I'm comfortable with my own skin. If I wake up and I don't feel like wearing makeup, I will ma- wear makeup. If I feel like, you know, I've just realized that it's just too much. Like people, those who love you, love you anyway. Those who don't want, no matter what you have, no matter what you do. So, you know, you're more concerned about the other 30% in the middle that you can still sweep. But even in that, I think just being who you are is enough. That's so and people would being accept- who you are is enough. I like that. I had a really weird thought today. I was out this morning and I, I passed um, I, I passed a cemetery and I was looking at all the headstones as I was driving by and I thought, wow, you know, we're very fortunate to be here in this time. And I do believe in reincarnation because um, I'm a metaphysical hypnotherapist. But I thought, how extraordinary to be here in this time. Can you imagine being the first human beings, the ones who didn't have fire, the ones who <laughs> didn't have a stove or a bathroom or a toilet or anything like that, even, you know, 100 years ago? Wow, how fortunate are we? Like, how come we got, you know, to be the cushy human beings and come at this time rather than the ones who had to work really hard and cut through forests and be, be the pioneers? You know, I mean, it's crazy when you think like that, don't you think? 
<laughs> well, I, I don't have to imagine that because I can remember about five or six years ago when, exactly. I, was still, when I was still traveling with a carnival when two or three days a week we might not have water, sewer, or electricity. Yeah, so, yeah, there you go. Oh I, I was just going to say the same thing. You know, in Nigeria, it was, I mean, having mobile phones and Internet is pretty much like, what, 10, what, 15 years old. It's It wasn't that long ago. So, yeah, you yeah. know what it is not to have all of the, you know, the comfort or, you know, just the technology that you have now that is making life easier. I mean, if I had to be on your show, I'd probably have to fly, like, you know, take a flight all the way to, you know, Canada or wherever the station is just so I could be on air. Yeah. And now with technology and everything, you know, it's, it's a pretty lot incredible. <laughs> um, yeah. Quickly, very quickly, we've got less than, I mean, we may have a minute. Both of you, give me, give us your um, web IDs. Alex, you start. Okay. Um, my, my website is www.alexokoroji.me, me as an M-E. Okay. Uh, so, yes, you can find me. And mine is www.theblindblogger.com. Net. Dot net. And okay. If they look for Maxwell Ivy or the Blind Blogger in Google or YouTube, they will find me. Mm-hmm. Let yes. me thank both of you so much for coming on the show today. I had a blast with you. It was a lot of fun. And I'm sure that those who are listening had a lot of fun too. And I can't wait for next week for the naked, you know, for the summit and the challenge yeah. and for bringing all of these creative types and helping to inspire them and change their lives. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. And thank you, Ben, for producing this. Thank you so much <laughs> for having so us, much. both of us thank on. You. And thank you, too, Ben. Thank uh, you, Ben. <laughs> take care wherever you are in the world. I will see you next. No, I, uh, yeah, I will see you next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. Tunes out. Turn